0: Okay, let's turn this on so we can get some pre-show chatter. Hey! I just realized I can see myself in the mirror. Do you want to switch? Uh, No, this is good. I need to be able to see the computer. Okay. Uh, Okay, how does it sound?
1: How does it sound? It sounds... Are we sounding okay?
0: We're sounding okay. Can you turn your game down a little bit? It's just, it's so weird to record in the same room again.
1: It's very strange. Have we
0: done this at all since we started? I think we
1: did one, like, we did one uh, super pitch time in the same room. (laughs) Like it sounds last, right, but like that was like over a year ago.
0: Was it? Yeah, I feel like we. we, we I did, mean, maybe it was last summer. We didn't do right? any together during the pandemic.
1: Let's
0: see. God, what a stupid fucking year. We did
1: skeleton crew, <laughs> but
0: that was. That was that was uh, that was online. That, that was, online. was that was through. Off uh, menu
1: was online. Off
0: menu was online. It's amazing because in my in my mind, it's like the pandemic happened and we get, just stopped doing this. We've yeah, done we like 10. Did <laughs> done, we've
1: done like a number of yeah. episodes. Maybe we did get over it. I think we did go get over it and shriek... If, uh, you know what I did last Friday thirteenth in person. Because I think we yes. watched Shriek and then did it. Even. Yes, that's that right. Was that's right. October. During the
0: during the period where we could be in the same yeah room together, because neither of us had gone anywhere within <laughs> yeah. two weeks. Yeah, so fucking. Oh god, so stupid.
1: Yeah, ten. We did ten episodes in the last year. <laughs> maybe you should, maybe like maybe you
0: maybe you should so. turn your game back up a little bit. Actually,
1: I should.
0: Yeah, I think you should. I think I think you were right, right to be concerned.
1: Is that good? Are we good?
0: Shall we b- begin?
1: I guess it's been it's been a while.
0: It has been a while. Let's start the way we always do.
1: <laughs> do you remember? Because I don't.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> on tonight, tonight on <laughs> Ruin My Life, part two of our Bo Burnham episode. That makes it sound like we just did a Bo Burnham episode, but it was like four years ago. Yeah. Um, on a very special Ruin My Life, Jason and Kelsey revisit their most popular topic of all time somehow that's too much that's too much a word to get into
1: it is our most popular episode though right yes yeah
0: yes uh but you know what we're not even gonna use this i <laughs> on this episode of ruin my life
1: we made you some content we're back <laughs> we're back
0: not in person we're in person we're in person you're not yeah. the listener you've never been in person yeah Except for we know most of you personally. Yeah.
1: We're we're vaxxed and relaxed.
0: Yeah, we're vaxxing, relaxing, maxin' all cool and all shooting some, some verbal b ball. <laughs>
1: Not by the pool.
0: Not by the pool. Maybe next. By time. the school. By the school. By the ooh, by the pool? That'd be fun. A pool side podcast. Pool side
1: podcast.
0: That's so good. It's so good to have a podcast that just pisses off the listener. <laughs> it's like we're just gonna be like, Oh, it's so nice to be by a pool. Yeah. Don't you just love it? Don't you just love a pool? Ah. Uh, And it'll be like splashing sounds in the background. On this episode of Ruined My Life, I technically, because I watched it before you did.
1: That's true, yes.
0: Ruined Kelsey Goldman's life with Bo Burnham Inside.
1: We're back, Jason!
0: Oh, sorry, I was—I got surprised there. <laughs> I'm not used to doing this with someone else in the room with me. It's Hi. really weird. Hi, Kelsey. Hi. Hi! Hello, listeners. Welcome to Ruin My Life, a podcast about forcing your friends to like the things you like. I'm Jason Edwards.
1: I'm Kelsey Goldman.
0: And we are back. It's been a long while. Um, not really any explanation for why we haven't done this, except for uh, the world is, you know... What it is. Yeah. Uh and it's been gosh, how long has it been? Well, we, we've talked about quarantine. We yeah. talked about COVID.
1: We did the John Wilson episode. That was our that was our ruminating on COVID episode.
0: So we're on record as as the fact that we experienced it. Yeah. <laughs> but now we're, you know, it, it's it's June twenty twenty one. We're vaxxing and relaxing, as mm-hmm. you said. Mm-hmm. And, you know, America's reopening. Yes. And it's deeply weird. It's deeply it's, it's weird. Very, very weird it is both Incredibly normal. It's very easy to slip back into like normal habits. I've been going to the movies mm-hmm. and I got me out as soon as I was there the first time. It felt very normal. Yeah. Same with going to the bar.
1: Yeah. The once like my body was like, you need to go to the bar. Cause like it took me longer than most people. Mm-hmm. But then once my body was like, okay, you're vaxxed, you're ready, go out and go to your normal Monday night hang with everybody, and go to the bar. Once I got back into that, it was very normal to be at the bar.
0: Yeah, and you gotta listen to your body. You
1: gotta listen to your body. You gotta listen to your body. It tells you what it needs.
0: Your body and your brain are a team.
1: Needed Negroni.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's Negroni season. It's Negroni
1: season. So
0: yeah, and so because of that, our schedule has been very bad. Very bad. (laughs) But we are back with an episode. Yeah. An episode that is about a new special Mm -hmm. from a very special man, (laughs) Poe Burnham. We did an episode on Bo Burnham, I think, in twenty seventeen. Yeah, that sounds right. Maybe twenty sixteen. It was
1: an early it was an early one. It was an
0: early one. It is, I believe, our most downloaded episode yeah. next to our first episode. Mm-hmm. Which I think is that way because it's
1: the first episode. It's the first
0: episode, which always gives it gets a boost for any podcast. Yeah. Um just for anyone starting out with a podcast, just so you know your first episode numbers, you will never get see those again. Yeah. Unless they're successful.
1: Yeah.
0: We have we are a cult podcast. <laughs> <laughs> In that there are uh, a few enough people listening that they could all join a cult yeah. together very yeah. easily. The Kablooey
1: um, episode did pretty well, too. Yes.
0: But but the Bowburner episode, I think, must have gotten like found by someone. Someone, somewhere. And, we like, never really figured it out. Passed on a Reddit somewhere. Yeah. Uh, or a subreddit, excuse me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, you know, that's not why we're doing this again. I just wanted to note it. Yeah. And we will be probably referring back to... Some themes we touched on that episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know because I have not listened to it since we released it.
1: Me neither. <laughs> uh, that's the
0: thing. Uh, a different podcast would have some. They would have gone back and and revisited that episode yeah. to, to just to know, you know, to see if there's anything to pick up on, any sort, yeah. sort of themes. We probably should have done that. But... Uh, that's not our style. Not our style. <laughs> that's not our style.
1: No notes, no prep, right into it. We do
0: notes and prep, just not this time.
1: You know, it's been a while, and we need to just ease ourselves into it. Exactly. Baby
0: steps. Exactly. We're we're shaking off the cobwebs. (laughs) We're we're loosening up.
1: Going to the bar, writing books, being on other podcasts, coming soon. (laughs) Coming soon. Um, (laughs) You know, hanging out, watching this special.
0: Yeah, I, I think as prep work, I can count that watching this special... Multiple times and thinking about it nonstop for several weeks. Anyway, we're talking about Bo Burnham Inside.
1: Inside. Which
0: is a new special. Well, it's a month old at this point. Yeah. Um, But, it you know, relatively it's new.
1: 2021.
0: Uh, And it was released on Netflix. It is ostensibly a comedy special. Ostensibly. Ostensibly. And I think it is funny. Mm-hmm. There is comedy in it. I don't think it's wrong to call it a comedy special. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, you know, without getting ahead of myself, it does eventually... Sort of veer into other territory. It's not so overtly comedic as we covered previously. And as everyone everyone listening to this, I'm sure, knows, Bo Burnham is a musical comedian. Uh, you guys start in 2006 making videos for YouTube.
1: Early YouTube. Mm-hmm.
0: Before, uh, before we knew what of lore. before we knew what being famous online meant, yeah, and before it meant you had to do a bunch of other shit, yeah. So he uniquely became famous just for his songs, which he mm-hmm. uploaded like short videos on YouTube of him playing in his, his you know his attic or his because he's like, like all right, yes. Like, yeah, so he...
1: in 2006, he was in high school, yeah. <gasps> <laughs> um, and,
0: and since then, you know, we we kind of went over his career in the last Bo Burnham episode, so we won't revisit all that. Mm-hmm. But uh, this is his first comedy special he's put out in five years mm-hmm. since make happy which was primarily the thing we discussed last time he made a movie called eighth grade wrote and directed it kelsey did you see it
1: nope still haven't seen it it's
0: a good movie you should check it out i should check it out it's a good movie it's really i just good. have
1: a lot of like trauma stemming from that time in my life <laughs> and so yeah. revisiting that in any sort of form is a uh, hard
0: I understand that, and I understand that yeah. that's that's very um, you know personally uh, uh, related what you're talking about. But I will say, just in terms of middle school stuff, yeah, uh, it was not as like it did not activate that part of my brain as 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 horribly as I thought it was going to. That's good. It is know. not like the movie Welcome to the Dollhouse, which is about a middle schooler and is the most unbelievably upsetting uh, portrait of that of all time. It's not quite that level. It's a little bit, it's a little bit sweeter. Uh, it's a little bit, you know, it's just a good movie about a about a, you know, a, a girl in eighth grade.
1: So that's what Bo Burnham has done between this and Make Happy. Yes. Oh,
0: he was also in Promising Young Woman, a movie right. that I like and that a lot of people hate a lot.
1: Haven't seen that either. That's fine. I feel like I wanted to though.
0: Yeah, and I I believe that's all he's he's done. Um, you know, he's he's pretty pretty serious about not like he doesn't do and a lot ta- of stuff he, in between. He
1: talks about that in in Inside.
0: Yes, he, he 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 likes he likes to go away for a while and then return. Mm-hmm with a you know with a new work um like you know like an artist Uh, not so much like a person who's just producing content to be consumed mindlessly yeah uh, the way so much like internet fame is built around these days well yeah and
1: i think i think that is like what makes bill burnham like a really interesting thing to like look at critically because he sort of came to prominence in this time where internet fame wasn't really a defined thing yet and then instead of Shifting into what internet fame became, he just sort of stuck it out with what he was doing and and with his art, like because it, it is art like it's yeah you know yes, yes. it's it's funny songs, but it's also like it is art <laughs> um, and chose like a more traditional artistic path, and it's just a an interesting thing to consider when you're watching the special- especially and uh in general, when looking at his whole deal
0: yes. I realize I have not yet described what the special is.
1: Yeah, that we should probably start. There. So
0: it is an hour and a half long. It is written and, and directed by Bo himself. It is something he wrote and shot over the course of the COVID nineteen pandemic, or at least the first part of it. I get the first year of it, I guess. <laughs> a year plus, maybe. Yeah. Uh, he, he shot entirely in a single room, which is a room in his house. I believe it's the uh, the mother in law suite. Is what Sarah referred to it as the term for like a an, atta- an attached or unattached or semi attached like little room on the side of a house It has like a
1: little kitchen area. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, he doesn't really specify this in the special, mm-hmm. and in fact, the special is kind of sort of meant to to give the impression of him living in this room.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, not not in a way I find dishonest, but I think yeah. that he's he's trying to. Um, well, you know, I think he's very intentional about what he includes and does not include, and I think that's that's to the end of making it a a a, a thing that can be related to universally. I think you know if he if he was very direct and said like oh I, you know this is I live in this house with with my girlfriend mm-hmm. uh, and I come out here every day to work that's understandable and tr- you know probably relevant to a lot of people but I think the thing he was going for was the idea of like okay we were all not all of us most <laughs> so of us a lot of people had the experience of being basically stuck inside their homes for a good portion of the last year mm-hmm. and the special is kind of about that. Uh, broadly speaking, it, it sort of is about the experience of, and that's not really about COVID. It's not, I want to make this very clear, because this is very important to a, to yeah. a point I try to make. And that this, this is not about, especially not about COVID. No, There's no, he never mentions COVID once. You know, it's, it's
1: interesting because there is like a, a parallel with John Wilson and that like it's you know, there's a, there's an, uh, you know, it's shot and, and produced and written by, all by one person, basically. And, um, but like John Wilson, the, the episode we talked the most about is like, is very much about COVID mm-hmm. and, and, and that and about other people. Um, and this is not, this is very much the opposite of that. <laughs> I don't know. I just think there's an interesting parallel there. I
0: agree. I agree. And actually, I want to get to this before we go any further, because one thing I've done in terms of, like, looking at what other people have said about this, and I haven't read a ton of reviews, and most of, like, the, the places I go to, which is, like, you know, the, the, the people I follow on Twitter, uh, have have really not talked about this at all. But it's very popular. I, I think what it is, it's popular mostly with people who are a little bit younger than us. Really? Uh, or it's popular with people on TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> but So I, I, I've gone... The place I go to wherever I'm trying to read about what the, you know, what the everyday person of this world thinks about art, which is YouTube comments. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, I, and I've gotten a lot of different impressions about what people are taking from this special. I think there's a lot of, there's room for a lot of interpretation and a lot of different, like, people are getting, you know, different things from it, different feelings. Mm-hmm. So, Kose, I want to ask you what feeling you get from this special overall.
1: So, I think, like, in a lot of ways, like, I felt... Seen in a way. Like, I don't know how the best way to explain that is. Because, like, uh, sensibly the special is about being stuck inside, but, like, I, you know, and we've talked about this, like, I didn't feel stuck inside. Like, I very much appreciated in a lot of ways being able to be on my own in my house for a long period of time. But that doesn't mean that, like, there aren't mental health ramifications to that. and And, you know, a lot was going on in the world also. And I think hearing him reflect on a lot of a lot of that stuff in a way that just feels very true and raw to me was was very illuminating for me and like kind of makes you feel not alone in a way like it's weird because the whole thing is him alone in this room but it made me feel so not alone in the world does that make sense
0: that makes perfect sense <laughs> that makes absolute perfect sense i think again i i think that that's largely intentional yeah i think you know as for as much as This and really a lot of Bo's art is about his personal experience. I think in this especially he does a lot of work to make that applicable to to many people. Because yes, we are not all uh, you know white thirty year old successful like comedian and filmmakers (laughs) like you know you know stuck inside like this. But we all experience the same thing, which is the internet. So just to get us out of the way, my feeling about this special is it makes me laugh, but it also makes me feel like I'm staring down the barrel of the future. And I can see very clearly what's going to happen. And it is unspeakably bleak. <laughs> and it, it, is a, it is a thing that the special kind of... I've heard people say that it does sort of... It feels like so reflective of their experience that it almost is like not surprising to them. And they sort of experience bafflement that other people sort of you know are having these existential breakdowns from watching this thing. Because they say, oh, you know, well, that's, you know, that's how I feel about everything. This is what's inside my brain all the time anyway. So, yeah, this is, you know, I don't see what the big deal is. Not like that. Yeah. I'm not, not dismissive like that, but people do.
1: But, I mean, like, I I feel like I was one of those like, yeah, this is what the inside of my brain right, feels right. like, you know? Well,
0: the way I feel like watching this special is that I'm being reminded of a lot of things that I try not to think about every day because if yeah. I do, I will go crazy.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. And I, and I think that the true subject of, of inside, and I'm just going to lay this out here so we can talk about it instead okay. of trying to, like, you know, build up to it like i've done in so many past podcasts and, <laughs> and wasted everyone's time uh i i think you know again this is not bo burnham's 2020 novel coronavirus comedy spectacular it's inside yeah. because what this, what this is about to me is the fact that we are all already living inside by which i mean we are all living a life that is mediated through the internet everything has been touched by the internet the internet is everywhere it has changed pretty much every aspect of our lives and there is very little art that actually addresses that and even less art that addresses that in a way that's like interesting or unique or like says something of value and I think this this is this, what he's getting at in this special is the, at least the way I read it is that yes the you know this the pandemic forced us to retreat indoors and, and experience life almost entirely through the internet but we are essentially already doing that and this has just made it clear how much of that is happening uh how it's not going to stop or change or get any better and how we you know it's not a good thing but we have to deal with it um but also we might not have to deal with it for all that much longer
1: i think i think what you said about there being not a lot of art that addresses that and the art that does address it does not address it in an interesting way is really you think about, like, Black Mirror, right? And <laughs> mm-hmm. how, like, the whole moral of that is, like, get off your phone, get off the <laughs> internet. And, like, technically you could say, like, you would not say that from watching inside that, the, that he's saying get off your phone, get off the internet. Like, that's not what he's saying at all. Like, he is saying that it's not good, but it's also inevitable. And, like, as someone who is a huge proponent of the internet, I like the internet. I like the space that is there and it's been created for me and it's brought me a lot of good things in life. It is also socially brain poisoning at a lot of times. (laughs) And I think there is such a, you know, it's less about get off your phone than... (laughs) think critically about what you're reading and where you're reading it or what you're hearing and what you're watching. Cause I think that is that it's more a critique of like misinformation and the lack of critical thinking in the internet space than like the, like an indictment of technology as a whole, I feel. Um, And I don't know, you can disagree with me obviously, but like, I think, I think it's more, it's more about the thought environment that the internet has created than like saying the good things about the internet are bad. Does that does that make sense?
0: Uh yes, that makes that makes sense, absolutely. Yeah. What I get from the from the special, particularly from the ending, is that it's not necessarily moralizing about anything in particular, yeah, but rather depicting uh in full like the way that especially if you have a tendency towards anxiety or depression, which um I think basically Everyone under the age of uh, twenty does at this point, uh, and many of us over it. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say twenty. There is no. I think it's. I. I think basically everyone under twenty has an anxiety disorder yeah. because you know they've been online their entire lives. Yeah, and I, I think it's depicting that there is an appeal to experiencing the world as mediated through the internet. It is a you know at the very end of the special, there's that entire final moment where he, quote unquote, leaves his house finally. And uh, you know, it does not. It does not go well. No. He sort of is. You know, he experiences what you know uh, is. I think is it a depiction of agoraphobia or a panic, a attack, panic attack or just general yeah. social anxiety. Um. But then in the final moments, he's 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 replaying that on a screen back inside his home. Yeah. And th- the laughter that was you know uh, so so uh, upsetting in in real life now it pleases him. I think what what I get out of that anyway is that it's understandable why someone would want to distance themselves from the real world because it is uh, horrifying in so many ways especially if you have you know an an issue mentally that makes it you know even more difficult for you to navigate it what it says is like no if you if you are a person who has these problems it makes sense to like leave behind the physical real world and just go online to get to be inside and even if you you don't you know what it's not gonna stop anyway
1: yeah and i I think that's that's the thing that is so resonant about it is that like it's not really moralizing about technology in a way that most art that tries to make a statement about about that is like it is just saying this is what it is (laughs) and it makes sense i don't know like i just i felt very very seen because like you're right there is something about sort of mediating your life through the internet that is you know fulfilling in a way but also and you have like control in a way that you don't in real life, mm-hmm. and you know control about like where you are and what you're what you're saying, and and you know the ability to not experience it if you so choose. I don't know. It's it's the special like it's so complex and full of layers that it's hard to like talk about it without like having it in front of you.
0: It is, it is. <laughs> which which is which is very always feels very weird to say because then i think about you know there's an entire song making fun of you know the way white women use instagram yeah <laughs> uh, uh which is you know it's, it's very goofy yeah um but but at the same time that's that song still you know it is a, it is you know a, a list of stereotypes of like how white women use instagram and it's very dead on yeah uh but it also has the you know that that the, you know that part in the middle which is like again you know it is depicting the experience of Scrolling through a random person's Instagram feed and then seeing like like an incredibly like like raw and emotional like a bit of writing about their their life and like the tragedies of their life like all of a sudden just like thrown at you yeah and it's like I love that moment because a it is it is that's very true that is what it's like but b it also like does doesn't it, al- it doesn't allow you to forget the humanity of like the the thing he's making fun of that it doesn't allow you to... the subject of this song is maybe. You know, maybe a, a bit. You know, a shallow in some in some ways, but is still a person with a life that is like much more like intense than you could imagine.
1: Well, and it's like I think he never positions himself as like above it, and that's like part of the whole thing. Is like it's not moralizing because he's part of it. You know, mm-hmm. he's not saying you need to do this, you we need to do this. Like he's, you know, he's very cognizant of the role that this whole environment played in his current lifestyle and mm-hmm. his whole situation and very self-aware as a a white successful millennial man like some people who I've seen comment on it have missed that point mm-hmm. that like about how self-aware it is he's doing satire in in a way that is so intensely good and well <laughs> thought out and it just I just I can't Explain the way the special made me feel <laughs> in words. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I,
0: I agree. I, I think personally, he 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 acknowledges his identity like exactly as much as is like appropriate and necessary.
1: Yeah, it's like it doesn't feel so overwrought that you you feel like he's apologizing for yeah. being who he is because if
0: it was because it's mostly contained like the first well, most of that first song right is, is largely about that, but it's also very funny. Yeah, um, and it's like it, it is hard, right? Because like we can get we can get bogged down in just talking about like breaking down. The layers of, of satirical intent yeah and just like and just i guess humor in the first song yeah the entire thing kind of turns on that moment within the uh when he's sort of listing all these awful things that are happening in the world and how they make him feel so overwhelmed and helpless and he's like what can i do about this should i stop you know doing comedy uh should i give away my money and then he goes he makes this really like pain sound and it goes no no like i I can't do that. No. I mean, the entire special would basically stop right there. Yeah. If that answer to that question was yes. Yeah. And you could argue, like, well, maybe that would be morally better for, like, you know, for him to do that. But the thing is, like, he's not going to do that. No. And, like, I'd say very, very few of us in his position would do that. Yeah. But I'm just saying, like, he has been dealing with that that sort of irresolvable or irreconcilable, like, issue since 2010.
1: Yeah. And I think I think that's like one of the things it's like, you know, we all I think in the past year have if we if we are people that have enough have had that reflection. Are we doing enough? Are we like, is there more we could be doing and is it imperative that we do it? And like, you know, what is performative and what isn't and, you know, and that whole and yeah. and And he really also grapples with that that idea in this as well, and you know is it if I'm just saying it to say it, like what is you know and and i think I think a lot of that like really struck a chord for me because like i'm you know I have enough money to live, I have enough money to live comfortably i do give away some of my money like on a regular basis, but like what is my moral imperative here, and I think the the idea that everyone struggles with that, that everyone's yeah. like. Struggling with the idea, am I doing enough? Is this is this life that I'm living the right kind of life in this current situation? Should I be joking at a time like this? (laughs) I guess
0: I I guess I don't want to overstate our personal culpability. To be honest, like you know, you, me, even Bo Burnham could like give away everything we own tomorrow. It would not change the world in like a way that is all that noticeable. Yeah, right. Uh, That's that's another thing. The special again, you know, he does funny joke songs like. Forty-five minutes, uh, and then, like, at an at an hour, he does um, that funny feeling, yeah, which is, which is an acoustic uh, guitar song, and it's
1: fucking good. Like, it it's is, just a good fucking song. It is
0: very good, and it kind of that that is the most seen. To, yeah, yeah. I, I felt during the special the funny feeling he's describing is the feeling of seeing the culture of the world around you, and in that culture, seeing the end of the world like seeing the end of of everything and the knowledge that even if culture was good uh climate change is happening and there's no getting around it it's it's happening it will eventually make life on this planet unlivable for us and I mean at this point I mean I think it's pretty clear no one's going to do anything about it and the special I think is is great because again there's actually there's very few works of art that also deal with that reality and that is a reality we're all going to have to deal with. And it's another thing I try to think about every day because it will make you crazy. Yeah. And it's not really worth necessarily. I do want to
1: stress, it is, <laughs> it is funny. It is it funny. It is funny. <laughs> like, like, you should watch it's funny. it.
0: It's very funny. But
1: it also is dealing with these, like, you know.
0: You know how it is when, you, when you're FaceTiming with your mom or whatever and she has the phone too close to her face? It's yeah, funny.
1: it's funny. And
0: what if, like, you know, what if, like. Uh, an I'm intern.
1: Time with my mom <laughs> what if an intern
0: did like you know like an old timey like jazz song, scat song. <laughs> yeah, scat song, <laughs> or you know it, it's funny that you know it's funny that people sexed each other.
1: Yeah, that's
0: inherently uh, like
1: inherently funny. hilarious.
0: But I mean, the, and the, but the thing is, like all this stuff does tie into an overall thesis, though, mm-hmm. and that's why I think the special works. It's not just like. Goofy song, goofy song, goofy song. Serious song.
1: Like, it all feeds into each other. It all makes sense together. Because, you know, you get... I think that the... the You know, you're talking about things coming together with that funny feeling. My thought is that things came together with that's how the world works.
0: Yes. that um, That is a song that threw the veneer of, like, the fun children's song with like the sock puppet yeah. on his hand. Is kind of laying out uh Socko, he was he was laying down some hard truths in that song.
1: Saga was telling it like it it was, is. He, was, he was
0: dropping science.
1: <laughs> <laughs> dropping some science.
0: Um yeah.
1: And eventually shut up by the man.
0: Exactly. So it is funny, but I think it, it is hard to get away from the fact that it all does feed into the same theme mm-hmm. and kind of like lead you to this place like where the end of special is this very I- surreal and 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 dreamy like confrontation with these these issues which is
1: sort of you know the the internet as a, as a tool to functionality as a person is inevitable and the world ending is inevitable and we're all kind of just doing our best mm-hmm. <laughs> and i think like that's the thing it's like we are all kind of just doing our best and i think that does come through yeah in the thing and there is like a sliver of like hope <laughs> in there
0: where do you where do you find the hope exactly Cause I, think, I don't. I don't think you're wrong. And I don't think you're alone in finding this.
1: It's kind of weird because, like, it doesn't seem like there should be hope anywhere. But I think there, there is. <laughs> there for me, it's a little bit in the idea that, like, it is inevitable. Like in in the idea that we can count on that you know that i will have the internet to mitigate my issues <laughs> with depression and anxiety and you know people and there's moments of it where like the fact that he can find levity in in the these themes is like actually very nice for me and like there there's probably some more like specific moments but i just haven't like teased them out yeah, yet yeah. but
0: do, do do you have any specific uh, reaction to the song um all eyes on me
1: that wasn't actually one of the songs that I had a huge reaction to, but I think as far as, like, what it is saying, it is very specific in that, like, he specifically is, is like, this is him, like, sort of embracing that that is what validates him in, in a lot of ways. and And a lot of artists and performers are validated through that kind of praise and attention. And I think that's also just what the internet as a tool does for us is, you know... Like, yeah, I feel great when I do a tweet and people like it. Like, come on. Like, that I feel validated in my in my comedy or my, my, you know, my mind skills.
0: I ask that because my impression is that a lot of people have very strong and very varied reactions to All Eyes on Me. Yeah. I mean, it's a good song. It's yeah. very good. The the, the, you know, the quality of it, again, is very dreamy and, like, sort of ethereal. You know, uh, it's kind of soothing in a way, uh, but and also the lyrics are pretty ambiguous. He stops in the middle of the song and kind of talks about his life in a very specific That's way. That's the one.
1: Yeah. So the actual like musical part of that song is one of the less memorable parts musically for me. But the part where he stops to talk about why he stopped performing yeah. is very memorable and very specific and like honestly very relatable in that like he got to this he stopped performing because he's having panic attacks on stage right. which like i get it panic attacks are terrible and <laughs> i've also had them in public places and it's not fun mm-hmm. um i can't imagine having one like on stage when you're the only one on stage and everyone is there to see you like that sounds terrible but he had he talks about how he gets to this place like in like january of 2020 mm-hmm. where he's like i'm gonna go back out on tour like i've I've taken care of myself mentally. I've got my mental health in a place where I feel like I can perform again and like be in in a lot of ways a whole person and do my art again, which is like amazing. Like you you feel really great for him. And then, you know, it was January of 2020. I just, I feel like the relatableness of like that, of like achieving something and and or being planning something or being ready to do something in March, 2020 is just like so specifically mm-hmm. relatable as an experience of living through this this yeah. time.
0: Sarah and I moved in mid February of 2020, and so that was like, you know moving is very stressful, and so that and because of when it happened, that stress very much just sort of cartwheeled into March, which was you know when COVID really became a factor in our lives. But I remember specifically a moment when we went to see Birds of Prey at the Nighthawk Cinema in Prospect Park, and it was a Friday, and I'd worked all week. I was just sitting there, pleasantly drunk, <laughs> watching a movie that I thought was pretty fun, uh, and thinking, you know what? I see how people do it. I see how you, you work during the week. Yeah. Then you sort of, like, you, you detach yourself, and you sort of drift into the weekend, and it's very nice, and allows you to sort of collect yourself, and you have some good times, and you and unwind, you know, and yeah. you go back in, and I was like, okay, I see it. I get I it. I see how you I get can do why this
1: is, like, a thing. Uh That's me with going to the gym.
0: Yes. Yes. And then, of course, uh because of the industry I worked in, yeah. uh, my my job became irrelevant very quickly. Mm-hmm. And I have a job again now. Um you know, just just to be frank, it's not going great. Uh I I've yet to find anything like that satisfaction I felt in that moment. And I think that's not to say like, oh, the tragedy of, of this thing that happened to me or this thing that happened to Bo Burnham, honestly. Yeah. It's just like I think just just shows I, I'm struggling to express exactly how, but to me that story just communicates the greater theme of how much we are all going to be living online in the future. Because what I get from that song, particularly the um, uh, the final I don't know, bridge or, or verse or whatever, when he says, got it good, now get inside. What I get from that is like, the ocean's rising, everything's terrible. You know what? Yeah, it is. But you're not going to stop it. And we're all just gonna be inside on our computers, and that's how the world's gonna be from now on. So, just gotta deal with it. <laughs> and I, I, but I, I think a lot of people get different things from that song and from the show in general. I've, I've seen a lot of people who who watch the show and just get so worried for Bo, like they're so concerned for him because he seems so unwell. He seems—I mean, what she talks about in the show, like yeah. Yeah, it seems he's really struggling with some heavy stuff. And, you know, possible suicidal ideation. People are like, oh, I'm so worried for Bo. Yeah, I feel like I really know him and know, you know, I'm so worried about what you know, what he's, what he's, what's going to happen to him in the future. And I don't think any of those people are going to hear this. I think it's <laughs> probably going to be the same 42 people who always listen to our show. Mm-hmm. But if any of them do hear this, I just want to say you're not worried for Bo. You're worried for yourself and your right to be.
1: Yeah. yeah. But, like, that's what he's communicating. And I think – I like to think I could be totally wrong because I don't want to, like, you know – psychologically analyze other people i think the fact that he was able to make this such a coherent statement about both the world but also his personal mental health actually says that he's in a pretty good place mentally (laughs) um and this was probably part of processing that like and like for me i think a huge part of therapy is being able to put words to the ways that you're feeling and, and explain them. And I think a lot of what Bo is doing in this is explaining how he feels about things. And it is also the way that I feel about things. <laughs> and that is, you know, for me, very validating and good and makes me feel like I am not alone in the world. And that is part of the hope, you know? Yes. That like, you know, the ship's going down, but we're all going down together. <laughs> <laughs> Connecting exactly. through... The wires of the internet. Um, and I think, you know, like I don't watch this and worry about Bo. I I do worry a little bit about the people who worry about Bo, to be honest.
0: I think that's that's largely to do with how fandom culture has evolved. Yeah. And how really it is unhealthily fixated on the individual artist and their life. Uh, I don't think that's anything that's like wrong with what Bo is doing. I don't think it's his fault. I I also don't really think it's the fault of the people who feel that way. This is a, a thing
1: that happens. I think it's
0: just yeah the way culture online is now. And I
1: think I think that's also like a huge part of this piece. Mm-hmm. I don't want to call it a show because like it is it's a piece of art. Like it <laughs> is. It's it's just so good. And I, I after we sort of wrap this up, I do want to talk about it technically, like and how good technically it is. <laughs> um, but I think a huge part of this is that Bo does not. There's no blaming anyone really like individual people other than jeff bezos (laughs) Um, and but there is a there's a lot of talk about the systems that are converging to make things bad um but like i don't you know like i think i think you know Bo is a millennial and it is very much a millennial perspective on a lot of things um Specifically, like this very sort of micro mid millennial generation that we are also in. Yes, <laughs> um,
0: being 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 the youngest people who will ever view any of this as strange.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Or,
0: or not ever, but who through the natural course of our lives and our perspective still view the internet as a thing that is something, uh, you know, to the, the to not be, to, who, to be aware of.
1: The youngest people who did not. We're not born with the internet, like yes, basically, yes. <laughs> um, and and that like specific micro generation of people mm-hmm. who you know watched the internet evolve at such a, a fast pace and evolved with it in mm-hmm. in in a strange way. But I think I what I really appreciated is it there isn't like a blame on on Zoomers or Boomers or you know and there's like references, but it's not it's not about blaming people. It's about you know this is what. We are dealing with, mm-hmm. and that's what it is, and get on board because <laughs> that's what's happening
0: yeah i I do think if there is any moralizing and you know, there's any blame in the show, I think the people he does blame, and I guess there is a bit of moralizing uh, the people he blames is the people who uh, uh, you know in pursuit of their own financial interests uh intentionally got a generation of children addicted to the internet, yeah, which I think is fair. Yeah, I think those people, uh, yeah, d- deserve that blame. Although you know,
1: the, you
0: know, the individual people, I guess, it, uh, you know, are always going to be in service of the system they live in, right? Yeah,
1: and I think it's a lot less about those individual people than it is about the system they live in, right? And the and you know the, the world that Jeffrey Bezos has yeah. created, which
0: is why the Bezos songs aren't like takedowns of that yeah. man the man Jeffrey Bezos. It's just little goofy, yeah, funny songs that just. And to me, highlight the absurdity of the fact that this one guy's contribution to the world has had such far-reaching, yeah. and such negative effects. Yeah,
1: and I think I think that's like you know it it and a lo- a large part of the show is also just like putting in perspective the absurdity of our time. Yes. Um. <laughs> for me, it's it's a lot less about the negative parts of the world we're living in than the fact that we are all living in it. <laughs> the things like when i was watching this view that i just really appreciated was like he he shot and uh, he shot and wrote the whole thing himself and what he does with his camera and with like with the space is so amazing and i think that is something that's not being talked about enough (laughs) and like i get that he's you know like he directed a movie so like he has like you know, experience, but, you know, the, the, the choreography of some of these these pieces and the way he uses lighting and camera angles and and everything is just so impressive. I forget what song it's during, but, like, the one where he had like, a, has a headlamp on and then, like, at certain parts he, like, moves his head so the headlamp is on the disco ball spinning and, like, just, like, thinking about that to me is, like, it just kind of blows my mind a little bit. Like thinking about that sort of thing where he he's in frame. So he like, he only has the one frame because he can't be behind the camera and in front of the camera at the same time. <laughs> and thinking about how to change the the environment without having to move the camera. And I, I don't know, like it. And there's more stuff too. And like shooting the room that he's in from so many different angles that it doesn't feel like one room. And that that those parts were so impressive to me that like while I was, you know, while I was watching it and like ruminating on these big ideas that are happening, I was also just like blown away by the technical agility of it.
0: Mm-hmm. You can absolutely see the experience he gained from making that movie. Yeah. It is like amazing how he's able to communicate the the idea of being trapped inside a very sort of claustrophobic space, yeah. but without it being overwhelmingly unpleasant. Because it could, it could easily be like maddening to spend 90 minutes in this room, but I it's think- not.
1: Yeah. And it, it also, like, it, it makes me not want to ever see a comedy special that's just a guy on a stage again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, there's so much that could be done there. And like, like, even when he is shooting the sections that are him ostensibly doing stand up, mm-hmm. like, you know, are just like sitting on a stool talking to a, an audience that isn't there. Like, mm-hmm. it is the way that it's shot is just so impressive. And the, and the sound cues and the, and, and like, the, I think, musically also we're talking technical stuff like this is some of his best work musically
0: absolutely the writing itself is is so good is this was like an obvious observation but i do have to make it (laughs) uh bo burnham should write a musical yes if he chose to do so i think it could be very good he has a real skill for storytelling and and rhyme and he's very good at that and I think it serves his his work very well too. His his musical musical comedy work is well suited to being filmed and not being formed live. Although yeah. he was he was very good at that, or was I don't know if he's actually going to do that ever again. Yeah. But uh, because it, yeah, the it the, allows, the visuals match so well.
1: It allows him to do so much more.
0: And and also the yeah, not just the songwriting but the music. Mm-hmm. This is like the most layered production of basically any songs he's ever done. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a few in his specials that have like. You know, more a than just a piano. Yeah. yeah, there's like more going on. But these are like the variety of musical styles he like. You know, dabbles with in this is really impressive. He carries them all off, I think, very well.
1: Yeah, like the one, the one that impressed me so much. Other than like that funny feeling, I think it's just a fucking good song. <laughs> like it's not like I don't even think of it as like a comedy song, yeah. but like it's, it's like it's the kind of music I listen to because I'm you know depressed and shit. <laughs> um, but the the actually the unpaid intern. half song it's not really finished It's like actually so impressive because it's so different from everything else on thing but it still fits
0: yes yes. like
1: and and they're all kind of they all kind of have a different pastiche on them but like they all fit together
0: yeah it reminds me a lot of his his music video for repeat stuff (laughs) which was a song he did in one of his specials but which I first encountered as like the music video which has a full like pop music style production to it Mm -hmm. and also it's full of you know visual gags and also like is very dark one thing i like about the special is that i've always I, I can never tell if i was like projecting or imagining you were like, like is it
1: this dark the or... undercurrents of
0: darkness in his work yeah. and I, I, I knew it was there to some degree it's very clear that it's like he's yeah. got other stuff in his mind he, he says as much blatantly at several points in his other specials but yeah. this was like no he is he is willing to just look down that the vast chasm of darkness that we're all just sort of tiptoeing across every day of our lives and he's not afraid to mine that for well for comedy
1: For comedy <laughs> i think there is a darkness especially in make happy that is pretty prevalent like mm-hmm. in you know forward and textual mm-hmm. but in this it is so very forward in that he is willing to go to a very dark place and like he talks about it like you know in that he had reached like sort of an all-time low in his own like personal mm-hmm. mental health And health in general and and i think you can tell (laughs) in a lot of ways yeah but again i do i do feel like that this i mean again this is maybe me projecting but like i do feel like the this being the outcome (laughs) like it feels like it was maybe a little bit therapeutic for him to make it
0: i imagine so and i I do believe that even if I mean he's a performer. this is a performance. It's a work of art he's created and curated and put out for people to appreciate and enjoy uh but I do not doubt for a second that the emotions he is expressing are true and very real and deeply felt to him because you can tell
1: there is a moment I forget when it happens, but like he legit breaks down and you're like and like I'm pretty sure he like actually broke down yeah. like filming it that's
0: that that's the thing that's right before it transitions into all eyes on me yeah, he's got the camera in front of the mirror set up. What I find so fascinating about that is, like, it does, like, my initial impression was, yes, he is actually breaking down crying. But the more I think about it, the more I thought, well, I don't know if that's necessarily true. Well, if he is pretending to cry in front of a mirror, what does that mean? Because, you know, there are people on TikTok who seems, it seems like there are a lot of people who, if they start crying for real, their first impulse is to pick up their phone and record themselves doing it. and that's a, that's the thing people do. So what do what is accomplished by filming yourself crying and showing it to people? What is that? I mean, I, I know it's accomplished. It shows people that you're sad. But what does it what does it say that people feel like that's something they have to do? That just no longer like you're just saying like online like hey I'm sad, or even posting a picture of yourself being sad is no longer enough. <laughs> in fact, there are a lot of people who feel the need to actually show themselves in the act of of crying for real to communicate their sadness. What is that? mean i don't know it doesn't strike me as good
1: and i'm not on tiktok enough to know like what the the situation is there (laughs) Uh, (laughs) i haven't really come across that as a
0: boy if you want like a concentrated dose of that funny feeling tiktok's the place to go for
1: it i mean, like i'm on tiktok but my algorithm isn't isn't quite attuned to that
0: i mean i think that that's the best way to experience tiktok yeah. Get the vanilla stuff. <laughs> Although it's so it's so algorithmically driven that like you can't even really do that. Yeah. Like it it will track you so closely that it's almost impossible to maintain a vanilla TikTok. Yeah. I'm pretty sure if you like you don't have to like a video right, but if it scrolls past you and you scroll back up to watch it again. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it like that's taken into account. <laughs> uh, it's really it's really um, it doesn't make me feel good. I'm <laughs> sorry. If you listen to our previous episode about bo burnham i'm imagining again that we did not go back and listen to it because we are doing things our (laughs) own way baby what i remember is having trouble articulating this feeling and the feeling i was having was that no one in the world but me can relate to this feeling he's describing here particularly in the last song in the kanye rant uh, i can't handle this song like, that was a feeling I, I had on some level. Or not, not, I didn't truly believe that no one else felt that way. Mm-hmm. But it was difficult for me to to understand or accept that this is a thing that could be related to by many people. I understand now that having a feeling that other people can relate to is not a bad thing. Yeah. It's actually a good thing.
1: It's a good thing.
0: I had to learn how to actually express my feelings and have that interaction with people, which I was used to be very, very bad at. To understand that uh that can happen, but basically, uh, the feeling I had about the end of Make Happy was that okay, what Bro burnham is describing here, his relationship to the audience, right? Mm-hmm. A part of me, you know, loves you. A part of me hates you. A part of me fears you, and all that. Mm-hmm. That is the way I feel about people in general and the world. And he is describing that here in terms that are confusing to me because again, I'm not a comedian. I'm not. A, I'm not a performer in in any sort of traditional sense. So why am I relating to this? And I and I, and I feel. Like, it's a sign of my own personal growth (laughs) that watching this show, my first thought was, well, it was the same one, actually. But then I had a second thought, which is, no, other people really like this. So you're not the only one getting meaning from it.
1: And that's good. That's
0: good. (laughs) It's good. I think that's
1: the thing that is... That's the thing. Is that
0: actually feeling like you are alone or not even alone, but like special in the way that you are unhappy can be solace in some way it can it can help you it can help sort of protect you from that feeling in a way and protect you from what you will have to do to get rid of that feeling but
1: but i think it also just puts you deeper into that feeling
0: exactly it's like, it, I, it
1: is it alienates you even more
0: yes which is not good no <laughs> you don't you don't want to be alienated if you can yeah. help it i don't know what the moral of that was supposed to be
1: well no, i think uh, it i think uh, it's, uh, it's it's like it does show personal growth jason and i think i think for me that's like i I think I also was like sort of guilty of like, you know, in a in a very rote uh way to say it's like no one understands. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um but the thing is like it's nice to feel understood and to have other people feel the same way as you. And we get nothing out of trying to top each other's misery. Like this is not there's no there's no reason, there's no there's no positive thing about having it worse than someone else. Yes. And I think for me, this this special inside from Bo Burnham um, really made it clear to me that I can feel seen and feel like I've experienced the same feelings as other people without it being so like on the nose necessarily. Like I feel, you know, like my life is very different from Bo Burnham's, but I I understand the way he feels and I feel like he understands me.
0: Yes, and he used his own personal experience. So he was talking about his life very mm-hmm. specifically, like his experience as like the person he is. Um, but I believe he has done a great job of crafting that experience into a, a, a narrative, actually, or not like a direct narrative, but sort of a I don't know, thematic through line, maybe you want to call it, Yeah. That, that touches on things that a lot of people experience.
1: Yeah, and I think – and things that people experience that we don't – we kind of don't talk about. Right. And I think that's that's what's important is that he is just bringing a lot of things that we either take for granted or just like assume that no one else feels. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, I think I think that's one of the things that therapy in a lot of ways has taught me is that we we don't have to have misery competitions. Like it's not that's not good no. for anybody. There's there's no prize and, for being
0: the most miserable.
1: Yeah, and I think that's, you know, that's something <laughs> That's something that, as a, a fully formed adult now, I think officially. <laughs> um, I mean, maybe not. I'm still, i in flux. Yeah, no growth
0: finished. No more. <laughs> pers- no done. new perspectives. No new nothing.
1: Um, but I, I think, I think you know that was a thing that I always was like, no, like I have it so much worse. But like I think in the past few years, not just COVID, but in the you know couple years previous to that too, um, when I as I've been in therapy, it's been much more about like validating my own feelings and also my friend's feelings, even if they are different or the same to mine. Like, you know, it's not, it's not about trying to one up people with, with how, how bad you feel about your life or yourself mm-hmm. or the world. Cause we all feel fucking bad. Yes. <laughs> and, and I think that is kind of the whole thing with inside Yes, is that we all feel bad, but we feel bad together and we feel understood by each other sometimes mitigated through the internet more often than not.
0: <laughs> yes, I, I think the fantasy of, well, no, I'm, I'm sadder than, than you or everyone else, is that someone's going to see that, and then they're going to acknowledge your sadness, and you will be able to work through it. I think it's not always clear, but I think that is like the main, like the, you know, sort of the center of that, of that particular fantasy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the thing is, you can just do that. Yeah. You can just you can share your feelings your own... with people and yeah. they will, like, if they are you know either a close friend or a, a trained professional, mm-hmm. and, you know, different context applies to that, obviously, but you can just say, this is how I feel and they will uh, help you with it. Yeah. They will help you work through it, yeah. uh, which is a thing I did not understand four years ago, but I do now. I and, like isn't, and doesn't that make it all worth it?
1: Honestly, yeah.
0: Also, last thing, I think he looks great with long hair. And the beard too, if I'm being honest.
1: Yeah, yeah, you're not wrong. Yeah, he looks great. Yeah.
0: God, I I hope this this episode gets it's passed around, the same subreddit the first one did, and we get another mean review.
1: <laughs> we've we've
0: gotten so few reviews, and and one of them was mean.
1: Was that the one that made fun of like how we talked and said yes, we were like yes. uh, teenage girls that a sleepover, Itch. which uh, I embrace.
0: It's like, hey, nailed it. Nailed it. We nailed it. <laughs> That's exactly the vibe we're going
1: for. Yeah.
0: You know that thing where, like, you're laying in, 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 like, you know, if you're, like, it's, sharing?
1: You, it's pitch dark yeah, and you're just ready You're laying, you're laying, ready to go to bed, you're laying in you're your talking.
0: sleeping bag or you're in your, your, your bunk beds or whatever. And you're, like, looking up at the and dark like, ceiling.
1: Hey. you get real deep about yeah, it.
0: like, you, you ever think about, like, the internet? <laughs>
1: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly the vibe we're going
0: for. That's it. Yes. we We should. should. We should... We should
1: we should record like that one night. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely.
0: Uh, well. This was fun. This was fun.
1: How do we end these things again?
0: We, we give a special thanks okay. to Danny Aboud of the Weeping Willards for use of their song, Outside in the Rain, from their self-titled album that's available on Bandcamp. I assume. I have not checked in again. Four years.
1: <laughs> and a special thanks to Carly Sussman, who designed our logo. <laughs> you can find her work at carly-rose.com, which I did check. is still a website. <laughs> nice. Good, good for you. It's, it's doing the research. Someone's doing the research.
0: If you like our podcast, keep listening, man.
1: Keep listening. We'll be, well, you know. it'll.
0: We will return we'll on a return. regular basis in some form. Yeah. Wink. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it may not be the form you're used to, but we will be back on a schedule in the future, in
1: the future, yes. Also,
0: check out musical theater death match.
1: Yeah, we recorded a new episodes. Kelsey this Andrews
0: week. podcast. That podcast also has been kind of yeah. We were on to be coming do, back.
1: We do have episodes planned for every month from July yes. to December. So. Which is great.
0: It's a good show. Yeah, I like it.
1: It's
0: fun. Uh, listen to a friend of the show's Morgan Stewart's podcast, Misery Loves Company. Please do. But there is oh, a full season. There is a mini series that me and him wrote together. And there will be more coming. More coming. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. Listen, I'm a fan. I'm I'm a fan. fan. That's how I got involved in this whole thing to begin with. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I guess that's it.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, our normal sign-off feels kind of redundant here.
1: But I mean, we, you know, we have a uh, a theme and we really built towards (laughs) it this time.
0: (laughs) So you're saying it would be a waste to not do our normal sign-off here. Because it is more relevant now than ever. It's
1: more relevant now than ever
0: okay then kelsey joined me in saying that saying now more than ever
1: go, go to, to therapy. therapy oh it's so nice to do that actually synced up i know right
0: <laughs> <laughs> they wish i would go ahead and fuck my life up can't let them get to me and even though i always fuck my life up only i can mention me They wish I would go ahead and fuck my life up, can't let them get to me, and even though I always fuck my life up, only I can mention me, only I can mention me, only I can mention me. me.